Hey, welcome uh, to the Sportsnet 960 Trade Deadline Show. I'm Patrick Dumas. What can we tell you what's happened right now? Not a lot. Nick Benino on his way back to Pittsburgh, uh, getting traded from the San Jose Sharks. He was a member of their uh, last two Stanley Cup teams, so uh, some center depth for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jacob Vrana traded from the Detroit Red Wings to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for a pick and a prospect. And uh, Matt, late last night, Max Domi, the, ba- the latest big move, I guess you could say, is Max Domi being sent out of Chicago on his way to Dallas. Uh, they also sent a goaltending prospect, Dylan Wells, uh, to Dallas in exchange for a 2025 second-round pick and, as well, a prospect. What can we tell you? Yeah, there's not a lot happening uh, right now amongst uh, a lot of the insiders. I mean, we've got a lot of the moves have already been done. We know a lot of the big fish have moved. So what are we expecting today? We're, we're expecting probably a lot of those rental players to move, guys with like one year left on their deals. And I wonder what that brings me to the Calgary Flames. What are they going to do here? This team is a team that's quickly seeing that playoff spot, that eighth spot in the uh, Western Conference, that second wildcard spot, slip, slip, slide away from them. Still five points out after uh, another tough loss. That's two in a row that you'd probably expect better results for, but way Toronto just took over in that second and third period. Wow. They, uh, they surely shut down the Flames, held them to, uh, you know, we're being used to the Flames getting a lot of high shot totals of late. That was uh, that was one of those games where the Leafs game plan really took uh, hold and shut down the Flames for over the last 40 minutes. So I ask you, what the Flames, what are they going to do here? Uh, they got UFAs and Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis. Uh, but obviously, like, like Lucic, is, it's a guy you're going to have to retain m- money on. He's got a, no, a modified no trade. It's it's rough right now. Right now, I get it. Like you, and then you talk about the guys that have two years left on their deals. There's Elias Lindholm. There's Michael Backlund. There's Dylan Dubé. There's Tyler Toffoli. Noah Hannafin. This team is not. I don't think in the position to be doing a dang thing today. Uh, I think uh, we've we've heard it all through. That's his time here as general manager of the Calgary Flames. Bradtree Living takes cues from his group and. I think he knows what's happening 60 games into the season. Is this group, it is what it is right now. And if they do add, I don't know, they were poking around JVR, James Van Riemsdyk a little bit, but it feels like the Flames are reevaluating their buyer status. So something to watch for for sure going forward here. Uh, again, the 1 p.m. deadline. Um, we're still waiting on some moves here, about three hours and 50 minutes to that deadline. My Burley on, boys. All right, so uh, we're going to get you some uh, audio from last night from the Flames' tough uh, 2-1 setback against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we'll hear from Daryl Sutter here post game in a moment, but uh, we're still taking your texts uh, through 960-960, trying to give away these uh, Cowboys wing-off tickets. What will the deadline, the headline read after the 1 o'clock deadline for the Calgary Flames? What is it going to read? Your text, 960-960. We're going to weed through some of those, uh, but first, let's hear from uh, head coach. Daryl Sutter from last night. Toronto Maple Leafs in town. What's your pre-scout on them? Or? Uh, watched them last night. Obviously, we played them once already. Calgary <laughs> traffic yeah. update. Coach, what'd you make of this um, I think five and five. They don't give you much, and so you got to bear down on limited opportunities you get against them. Said you needed a goalie to get hot. Fair to say, uh, Jacob Markstrom at least turned the burner on to start. Yep, he was really good. I thought. I thought he was our best player. He 
you got to make some big saves against those big guys. And he did that. Did something in the way he was just carrying himself, even on a pretty routine save, feel or seem different? No, he's a confident guy. It's not, you know, it's, it takes, it's good. He's a, got a strong leadership position on the team, and I think he tried to assert himself that way. I think for a couple of shifts it did, but I don't think it had any prolonged at all. I think it was pretty obvious from the bench that it was offside. I mean, the puck was a foot and we were about three feet, so I don't think it was really reviewable. Did you get an explanation from the refs on the second goal from Toronto's side? Set that yeah, the puck's in the net, right? That's matter if it's in his glove or not. The only reason I was talking to the refs about it was if it, they couldn't tell it was in and they thought it. And they still determined because it was on the ice, it was a goal. And could I challenge because of the stick in the glove? But they determined it was a goal. In terms of, well, uh, just in terms of off, offense and trying to get that tying goal, what were you hoping to see out of your forwards that maybe they didn't do? Uh, you, need, you need to make a, somebody's got to make a big play. Right? You're not going to get many chances against them. Right? And I think we had, we had opportunities when it was 1-1 one, one to get the next goal, but the third there, hey, they know how to, they're good at it. There are, there are live icings today, what, what do you think the reason for that was? Pardon? There are live icings today, do you, did you notice that? Yeah, I think there was two or three that affected the game, right, caught lines out there, extra shifts, especially when they address 11 guys, and you know that Matthews is out, out there a lot, either Matthews or where uh, Tavares were at a lot, so uh, eight times there's icing. That's to the other team's advantage. There you go. That's Coach Daryl Sutter from yesterday after the Flames suffered a 2-1 setback to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we do have a guest coming up at 9.30. Uh, it's for the UFC Dinos. Their men hockey team uh, gets ready to play the Canada West Final this weekend against the University of Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, we'll have uh, former Hitman and... Uh, Current UFC Dino defenseman Dakota Krebs joined the program at 9.30. Want to say our uh, deadline coverage is brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. Uh, you know, Tuxedo Source for Sports, so you know them. Uh, it may be trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be on top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports, 2520 Center Street North. Always want to thank Tuxedo Source Sports for doing everything they can for our uh, for our programs here on Sportsnet 960. The fans. So, Alex, we got some of those tweets ready to or texts uh, ready to roll from old Texty McTexterson. Uh, we picked some. Uh, we're gonna give away these Cowboys wing off tickets for next Thursday. Uh, Texty, let's go. Adam in Calgary. Flames headline: Hope is not a plan as flames stand pat. <laughs> All right. Short okay. and sweet. Short and sweet. We like that. Uh, what's next? Ben from Tabor. Lusick waves his NTC to add penguins some truculence. <laughs> wow, that was truculence. Lusick. Lusick. So yeah. I, I'll clarify. Yeah, Lucic and his no trade clause. Yeah, I had, I had to literally phonetically spell it out his name for, for Texty to say it right. I'm learning. Yeah, you got to go. go you literally got to go L O C L O O, you know, to make it make it work. What's next? Bruce in Cochrane. No trades. No playoffs. No kidding. <laughs> Do 
Yeah, it's been a tough one for sure. No trades, no fun, no playoffs. What's next? Ray from Tuscany. Flames lose deadline by one goal. <laughs> Fail to come back in the last three hours. <laughs> I like the realism here. Yeah, I like the realism. You going to? It's not. I don't think it's low hanging fruit at all. It's it's true. It, it is it is a fascinating, baffling stat that this 13-11-13 in one goal games. What's not? What's next? Logan near the hat. The twenty two to twenty three Flames all steak, no sizzle. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, Daryl likes his steak. I mean, it's not sizzling right now. Hard to find some positive headlines on the. Well, time. it's hard. I I can't like. Can you blame them? No, not at all. Can you blame the fan base, man? Like, like they went all in. Jason Buchla said earlier today they won the off season, but they don't award banners for winning the off season. And it's going to be amazing to do the the autopsy on this team if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot going into this thing, man. It's, it's. You can point at the goaltending, but last night, hey, goaltending was not the issue last night. They yeah. don't. Like, and Daryl said it, said it in this one. They don't have. They need guys that can step up and take over games. They don't have it right now, and it's not coming. How many more we got? We got three more here. Three more. Let's go. Doug and Seton. Breaking news: The Calgary Flames blow the NHL trade deadline wide open. Never before in history has the entire top line of the past season been trade. Lindholm has been moved to the Hurricanes for future considerations. They then shocked the world by acquiring insert unbelievable players here. <laughs> a little bit of it's kind of a positive. I want to know. I don't. I don't want the future. I want to know what you're getting back. I don't like with future considerations. Like you know, we'll let you know in a year, in six months, what you're getting. You know, I want to know what you're getting. If you're trading out Elias Lindholm back to Carolina, you're getting there first for this year. I know they don't like moving their prospects. But I think I'm asking for Seth Jarvis. Well, and Jack Drury. Bukula stressed this morning, like, if you are going to sell, you got to get draft capital, especially mm-hmm. with, with this year. So, I yeah. don't know. No, I think like, I mean, if you're getting the Carolina Hurricanes first round pick from 2023, it's, it's likely it's 25 and greater. Two more. Kevin in downtown. Flames reacquire Kron. Parade route on page six. <laughs> he would love that. He would absolutely love that. And last up. Ryan in Calgary. The headline for the Flames tomorrow will be Iceberg dead ahead. <laughs> they are the Titanic. Oh, yeah. It's it's really tough. I, I can understand why it's challenging to to look at this trade deadline positively um but i feel like if the flames were sellers or buyers there's negatives to both ends in that like it, it is really hard and and we've we've stressed how tough of a situation this is but i don't like, know. i don't i don't get like i don't see like like james van reemsdyke is not exactly having the greatest of seasons this is not james van reemsdyke from 2009 2010 this is a guy that's you know I think he's what eight goals this year. Like that's like if that's the move, like where you know you're playing in that top six, that means you're going to slide Pelche down. I don't think so. You'd hope not. <laughs> I don't know. 
It's 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 absolutely fascinating. Uh, it's I don't even know fascinating is the right word for it. It's 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 confusing. It's baffling. It sucks. It really does. Because with all the all the love and all the hype that this team had heading into this year, like oh man, the deadline. Because yeah, they they didn't really weren't really active at the deadline last year. They did their their big fish hunting early. They got Tyler to fully around Valentine's Day, and then at the deadline, it was Cal Yarncroak and and Ryan Carpenter. Um. I don't know, man. Well, what are we thinking here, GVP, uh, Alex? What do we like for winners there? I like the guy who's uh, the the one the, the the one goal game. Yeah, I did. I'm I'm in on that one. I'm with you. The who was that? Goal game. Let me double check here. I need to be better at remembering who said what. So you got to write the names in there in the <laughs> audio, like just like this is James, this is Terry, you know, stuff like that. All right. Well, I was it the first one. I don't know. It was like. Five or so. Oh gosh! You know what? Let me let me just figure just this go out. through the text line and maybe you can find yeah. a keyword. Yeah. yeah, let me see here. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. No, no luck so far. No, um, <laughs> turn off my burly GVP and I'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. Uh, they're talking about the Flames right now on the Sportsnet side of things on TV. You got uh, Paul Bizanet, Anton Carter talking Flames right now. We're going to have Derek Wills join us, join me at 10 o'clock to try and save this thing, to try and, uh, you know, have some conversation for sure, because it is battling. You know, Derek, uh, Derek's around the team, uh, especially when they're here. He knows the team a lot. So, you know, I like to get his opinion on where he goes. I know he was just with the boys here, but uh, let's, let's open up Derek. He's got two hours now to, to unleash and unwind things here. Uh, let's play some more audio from yesterday. Here's uh, Blake Coleman. He had, a, he had a really wicked quote. I know you might have saw it on our social medias as well. Uh, here's Blake Coleman. He had the the lone Flames goal from last night, shorthanded. What would you say your assessment of that game is? Uh, it's just another uh, you know gut wrenching loss. I thought uh, another game where we honestly played pretty well. Um, we're just you know right now we're a really good team that just doesn't know how to win. But yeah, it's just getting kind of sick of it. I mean, you know. Nobody likes losing, you know. I think uh, I don't know. You know, my I'm hard on myself right now. I feel like I had three or four chances to score goals tonight that uh, I just didn't convert on, and um, you know, it's a huge game for us. And um, you know, it's it's tough when you feel like you could have done more. There are moments where it looked like players were frustrated on the bench or signing their stick. How do you prevent that frustration from seeping into the gameplay? I mean, there's going to be frustration in hockey. I think, um, you know, we need to mature as a group and not not be showing frustration like that. But uh, at the end of the day, I'd rather have 20 guys that care than 20 guys that are, you know, looking forward to golf season. So, um, like I said, we all hate losing. Uh, it's it's honestly, it's pretty incredible how many one game or one goal games we've lost this year. I think, uh, like I said, the best way to sum it up and the only thing I can think of right now is. We're a great team that, that just doesn't know how to win right now. So where do you go from here, Blake? And I know if you had the answer, you'd do it. I get that. But just the idea of turning the page and maybe rewriting the script. Well, it's it's to a man. You know, I think you got to do what you can what you can control, and 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 that is whether it's extra pucks after practice, extra time on the bike for third periods and overtime, energy, whatever it is, whatever you feel like you need to do to to be one percent better, because that's we're. One percent off, you know. I think, <coughs> you know, we all feel like we could be a team uh, in a much better position right now. But 
the end of the day, it's it's points and it's uh, you know it's structured the way it is for a reason. You got to win hockey games, and we just uh, we've just found way too many ways to lose. Like you you're a, you're a hard on his sleeve kind of guy. Like if if we went back there, are, are all twenty three guys as pissed off about a game like this as you are about the kind of string of results you're getting? Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but. You know, it seems it seems that way. Everybody seems frustrated. Everybody's a competitor and wants to be, uh, you know, playing mean, meaningful hockey. Um, you know, come uh, May, June, that time of year. But uh, like I said, you know, look at our overtime losses. Look at our one-goal games. We just, for whatever reason, haven't matured as a group yet and found ways to win those games. Not the same. Yeah, obviously, look at the standings. It's not held back at all. Yeah, I mean, it, the last, the whole last week's felt like do or die, and um, it's going to continue to be that approach um, <coughs> from here on. I think, uh, you know, it's not unheard of to go win six, seven games in a row. It happens all the time in this league. Um, you got to have guys that believe in, in themselves and, and in each other, and, um, you know, like we talked about, guys are pissed off, guys are frustrated. It can be a really good, useful tool, or it can be the, you know, the end of it, so guys channel that the right way and we get on a little roll then uh you know we put the league on notice a lot of disappointment in the voice there of blake coleman he was uh, he's been playing some really good hockey of late too got his 100th goal uh not too long ago as well it was tough it's tough it's a tough dressing room now i'm not in there i but you can sense it you can see it it's it's not a fun place to be it's a disappointing place to be i'm sure and it's not obviously the funnest to, to be going in every morning uh, but again, you gotta get you gotta just look at the what's what's ahead of you. You got Minnesota coming into the building on Saturday. That is a huge one. Next, it's just you, forget about Boston, Toronto. Those guys are elite. You played your ass off. Don't worry about it. You got the point against Boston. Worry about the teams in the West right now because you ain't gonna be playing Toronto. You ain't gonna be playing Boston in the first round. It's gotta be focused on teams like Minnesota. You got your games with LA. You got your, you still got games with Anaheim and San Jose coming up too, so you can really feast on the specific division. But it's got to start tomorrow night for sure. Uh, I want to do a quick uh, of like best available, I guess. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk, he's got one year left, seven mil uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers. Joel Edmondson, his name is out there, three and a half mil uh, with one year left after this year. You got the Anaheim defenseman and Dmitry Kulikov and John Klingberg, both are UFAs. Uh, then there's the big fish from Vancouver. Is Brock Besser going to go? Is JT Miller going to go? I feel like if they were going to go, it would have been last week when everybody else was getting moved. It might be something they do uh, come off season. But again, Miller's 5.25 is just for this year. It's $8 million starting next year. And if anybody retains salary on JT Miller, like let's say if Vancouver retains salary on JT Miller at any point, that means they, let's say they were, they were 25% or 15%. That's 15% on the next deal as well. I uh, got another Detroit named Philip Zadina, 1.83 mil left with two years left on that deal. Carolina's first round pick is definitely in play for sure. If they do decide to go out and get a bigger name, um, Justin hole, uh, right defense out of Toronto, two years. Uh, he's got a, he's UFA uh, at the end of this year, but Detroit or Toronto's got nine NHL defensemen. Uh, that's all that's good to have, but you can't really play nine defensemen. So look for maybe them if they do make one more move. I know they do have to activate Matt Murray here in the coming hours. And then Connor Sheary, left winger out of Washington. He's got one and a half million, and he's a UFA. Uh, 
So, Alex, we got that text. Uh, Ray, you're the winner. You're going to the Cowboys wing off next Thursday. Uh, let's hear that text again. Ray from Tuscany. Flames lose deadline by one goal. Fail to come back in the last three hours. <laughs> yeah. Feels about right. Okay. Uh, so our promo staff will be in contact with you, Ray. Uh, congratulations. You're off to the Cowboys wing off. Want to remind you, our, tedli- our trade deadline coverage is brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. It may be trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be at the top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports, 2520 Center Street North. Dakota Krebs, Calgary Dino's got a big series this weekend. It's the Canada West Final taking on the University of Alberta. Dakota Krebs joins me next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Is there Sportsnet today's trade deadline special continues and our trade deadline coverage is brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. It may be trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be at the top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports, 2520 Center Street North. Derek Wills will be joining me uh, at the top of the hour. He and I will guide you up until about an hour till the deadline. That'll be at noon. And then Logan Gordon and Peter Labardius will take you through the deadline up until 3 then Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers will put a little pretty little bow on uh, what is hopefully an active morning here and an early afternoon. We'll go down the uh, park the trade deadline conversation for a second. Uh, go back down the uh, Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline, and uh, we are joined by Calgary Dinos defenseman and former Calgary Hitman defenseman Dakota Krebs. Thank you for joining me today, Dakota. How are you? Good, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I don't know how much you've been following along with uh, all this trade deadline noise, but uh, how's it been for you uh, watching the game as a player, watching uh, all what's going on uh, down in the NHL? Yeah, it's been sweet. It's uh, It's been some crazy stuff. We're all, you know, we have the TV in the dressing room, so we're always uh, watching kind of the breaking news stuff that's happening. It's been, uh, it's been nice that uh, you got the ball, ball rolling early this year. Yeah, you know, it's it's turned into more of a trade deadline extravaganza, like a week-long affair. Maybe this will be a thing going forward, but, uh, you know, maybe there's something for us to talk about. We got, we got a lot of airtime to fill today, so hopefully we get some news here uh, coming here shortly. Uh, I want to talk about your series coming up this weekend uh, against the University of Alberta Golden Bears. Game one on Friday, game two Saturday, and game three, if necessary, will go on Sunday. Uh, you, you took three games against the Huskies. You fell in game one. But that was your first loss since mid-October. Uh, did it feel like, you know, after that loss to MRU back in October, you rally, and probably a little bit, you know, bigger things knowing, you know, you know, you lose the next one, you're out. But knowing that this team doesn't let things snowball, that has to be a good thing, eh? Yeah, I mean, it, I think it kind of starts with our goaltender and that, uh, with Carl Tedichuk. He's, yeah. he's a rock back there, and um, he always says he does, he's the kind of guy that does, he bounces back harder than anybody. So, um, you know, we're confident back there, and then, yeah, I think we're kind of just a group that, I mean, after a loss, we, even especially against U of S, we're just like, oh, it's just a loss. And, you know, last time we lost, we went on a pretty big heater, so mm-hmm. I think we're fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would say so for sure, too. So you got, how many, how many, you got to love some Calgary versus Edmonton, Battle of Alberta for uh, some Canada West supremacy here. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be it's really fun. I mean, uh, obviously, they're the former champs, and yeah. 
you know, we're chomping at the bit, so we're pretty uh, we're pretty excited to uh, take on a really good competitor in the uh, the Golden Bears. Mate, what are some of the the good things that that the Golden Bears do, and what are some of the things that you need to try and limit them? Um, you know, they're a super offensive team, and they have a ton of speed. So I think limiting that speed and um, obviously limiting their offense is the biggest part to uh, having success for us. And just focusing on our game, I think we. We're a team that, you know, we don't rely on one guy to score all our goals. Um, we're definitely, we win by committee, and, and our team is our biggest strength. So focusing on that and um, just playing the way we need to, checking hard and um, limiting their speed is super important. You've played a ton of hockey. Is, is this the first time you've been around a team maybe like this, like dominant on a, on a standings uh, type, uh, type level? Yeah, I have to. I have to say it is. I mean, other than maybe when I was in Pee Wee, but <laughs> not in uh, not in my recent years in you know junior or, or university here. So uh, it's been pretty fun, and you know, just uh, looking to keep it going. Sure, the Krebs family is uh, well known in the hockey market for sure. Drew, Peyton, yourself, uh, of course, down in Okotoks. Uh, uh, talk to me about uh, youth sports. I, I've, I've had uh, Noah King and and Bradley Sh- uh, Schoonbart on over the last few weeks, and. I've always liked to bring up this question on youth sports as a developmental system. We've seen guys play in the NHL this year. Luke Phil, you know, like we go back, Joel Ward. Talk about youth sports as a developmental system. It's not, it, it, it's an other option for a way to pro. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, I think going into some, I think some guys definitely leaving the WHL as 20 year olds, mm-hmm. they think maybe the, the mindset might be that it's like kind of somewhere you just go to play out your career, but um, there's a lot of good players in this league and I think it's super competitive. You get a little bit more time compared to junior to just actually work on your game during the week, mm-hmm. which is massive. So you see these guys, like, especially guys on our team this year, like there's been some massive, um, growth for a lot of players and development. So I think that's the biggest reason we've had success is, you know, a lot of guys have been able to really work on their game and, and it's kind of like this, this multiplying effect when you have a whole bunch of guys that want to do the same thing. So, I mean, this group is, uh, I mean, just in general, youth sport is, it's an awesome league and it's really fast and it's, it's obviously an older league. So you grow really fast. Now, WHL does a great job with, with, with guys that, you know, maybe not, you know, that, that they hit the 19, they hit 20, they don't have a pro deal, but they do a really good job at getting, you know, guys into the universities through scholarships and whatnot. Was UFC always like your first choice, only choice to go play hockey, or were there some other programs around uh, Canada West or even out East that you were considering? Yeah, actually, it was kind of either, you know, I wanted to either stay in the West or go out East, um, far out East. So I was kind of exploring those options. But with COVID, actually, it kind of just, it's the way it worked out that it was just, meant to be that I needed to stay in Calgary because I couldn't go check out those mm-hmm. schools or anything like that. So I was like, you know what? Um, you know, I'm a business student, so I was thinking about moving forward too. I was like, I want my network. I definitely wanted to be in Western Canada because that's where I want to live. Yeah. So, and then obviously families in Calgary and I'm a, I'm a Calgary hitman too. So it just kind of worked out great. And, um, you know, just kind of, it's just what it was meant to be. So it was, yeah, it's great, great option. I'm happy I made the choice. We're talking with Dakota Krebs, Calgary Dinos defenseman, getting ready to play uh, the Canada West final against the University of Alberta starting tonight, game one, out at the Father David Bowerina, 7 o'clock. 
regardless of what happens this weekend, uh, with that win over Sask, uh, over over Saskatchewan, you clinch the spot in the University Cup. You get to go out east. You get to go visit out east. You get to go to Charlottetown March 16th and 19th. That's got to be exciting for this group to leave Western Canada. I'm sure it's probably the first time for a few of these guys to get out to a beautiful place like Charlottetown and PEI. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely a cool opportunity to go out to PEI. I've never been personally, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm definitely one of those guys. But um, our focus is to be a champion in Canada West here. And, yep. you know, it starts with game one. And, um, you know, we want to go to national, the champion. So that's our that's our focus right now. And um, we're excited for game one here tonight against uh, U of A. How is it having uh, one of your former Tippmann teammates along with you and Riley Stotts? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh you know, me and Stotsy, I when I got traded from Tri-City to Calgary, he was also a guy that recently was traded, so um, we bonded pretty quick. And, um, yeah, I actually, well, him and uh, Noah King are best buddies, so I actually went out to their lake um, this past this past summer. So we definitely grown to be really good friends, and um, I was pretty pumped when he made the choice to come to UC because I know how dynamic of a player he is and how much of an impact he would have on our team. And, it's shown through playoffs in the season. He's he's quite he's an impact player, and I think uh, he's definitely one of those guys that I think will get an opportunity after after playing here to maybe play some pro, um, hopefully in North America. Yeah, you know, because he, he was a, he was a treat to watch the Hitman, and he's uh, sure, certainly been a treat to watch uh, just through these playoffs for sure. Uh, I know it's been a little bit tough times lately for the Calgary Hitmen. Uh, still in and around the playoff hunt, though. Do you, do you still keep in contact with some of the guys you played with? You, I mean, Sean Chagall, I believe Riley Fiddler, Schultz, Tyson Galley would have been guys you would have played with. Yeah, for sure. Well, of course, I go watch Drew. Um, yeah, my Drew. Brother, yeah, play against him too. So, yeah. uh, whenever I'm there, I usually see half of the game. I see a couple of the boys, but um, yeah, it's kind of crazy now that I've been away for three years. How much the team's changed, yeah. but you still have those older guys like Galley and Shigs and, um, and Fidzy. So I've seen, I actually saw Fidzy recently at the rink watching a women's hockey game here. So awesome. it was, uh, yeah. So it's always good to see those guys and um, yeah, I'm hoping for the best. Hopefully they can, I mean, they're working it, they're battling against medicine hats. So I don't know if I cheer for them <laughs> or I don't, know who, I don't know who I'm cheering for here. Right. Yeah. A little tough. They can both get in. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Like, hey, Swift Current, beat it. Let's go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the big one for the Hitman, of course, against Speedy Creek on Sunday. Uh, you mentioned uh, Carl Tedichuk, uh earlier. Like, This is a guy you would have seen a lot of the time uh, playing against him with your time with the Hitman as well. But now he's Canada West Rookie of the Year, Goaltender of the Year. Talk about his special season. Yeah, I mean, he's just, uh, just a consistent, like, reliable mindset back there. Um you know, he just keeps things calm. He makes big saves when we need him to. And yeah, he's just, he's just Teddy. So, you know, you can't, uh, you can't go wrong with the guy. So um, I actually played against him when I was with the Hitman, when we were playing against him at Lethbridge, we beat him in playoffs, but it's nice to have him on our side. And he's, sure. uh, he's, he's definitely a game breaker. So um, it gives us a lot of confidence going into any game. And I think he's a massive piece to why we've had the success we've had this year. Uh, another big piece of this team, he's been around the program for a while, is your head coach, Mark Howell. Speak to, to just the, the cre- credit him, how good he's been with your group. Yeah, I think how he, you know, he, he really focused this year on um, getting us into shape and making sure that we could, we could play the full 60 minutes, play the, the two or three games in the weekend, and uh, just wear teams out. And I, think, I think he's done a great job of that. And I think the boys have also bought into what he's been preaching and and it's kind of been a it's been a great like blend between the, the team and the and the coaching staff where 
um, you know, you can't do much. You can't be, it's tough for a coach when you're trying to preach something, but the team isn't buying in, but this year we've had both. And, um, you know, we've been able to really, really challenge teams because of our conditioning and our buy-in to our systems. And he's been able to really, really create a great system for us to work through. Yeah, he's been he's been a great coach uh, to to follow along for sure. And uh, Noah and Bradley were both uh, speaking very highly of him as well for sure. Uh, I was watching your brother last night. I was a tough one for the Sabers, but it, roughing it up with Brad Marchand, man, and it's also I been know. in two fights this year. <laughs> Do you always have that in him? Well, I mean, I, I we got in a couple tilts when we were younger. <laughs> no fist, like nothing fist. We'd always keep it below the face. So sure, like that pretty, but. Um, no, he's, he's got a lot of fire. I think both my younger brothers, that dude, Peyton's a little bit more fire. Drew will snap, but, um, <laughs> it was pretty funny. I texted him after the game. I was like, cause I wasn't able to watch rear. I was just getting back from practice. And, yeah. and I was like, Oh, I saw Marshan left the game. He's like, yeah, man, we were every single time. Like, cause every time they play, I'm like, they always seem to get into it. So I think it's, uh, it's good. He's like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the savage. I'm like, I'm the crazy guy on my team. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty fun. No, I think we had a Sabres guest on uh, back when the Flames were playing Buffalo, and he and he mentioned Dan Dunleavy. They're comments to their play-by-play guy, and he mentioned that Peyton Krebs, man, he's the leads the team in fights. He's 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 a, his spark plug for that team. I think he knows what he has to do to make his way into well, the yeah. NHL here. For sure, yeah, he's. I think he's kind of found a role, and it's it's been awesome to see. I think uh, you know the NHL; it's the best league in the world. So yep. you gotta you gotta find a way to make an impact every night and. I think he, he he found out that pretty early this year, so it's been great to see his like kind of um, his growth as a player, and I think uh, I'm excited to see kind of him build on that intensity with you know the skill that he has too. Did I don't know? We go a little off top here, uh, but did he uh, did he ever reach out to you like to say how hey, how did he feel about being involved in the Jack Eichel trade, being sent from Vegas to Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a super loyal guy, so mm-hmm. I think uh, at first, obviously he he had built a lot of ties with the Vegas golden Knights and whenever, wherever Peyton goes, his mindset is he's going to help that team win a championship. So, and, and all of us are the same way, all of us boys. Yeah. So I think he was definitely disheartened at first to go to get traded. Um, but once he found out, you know, the, the group that they had in Buffalo mm-hmm. and the plan they had, he was, he was very happy and excited. So, and now he's, he's all in with Buffalo and, and that group there is it's a special group. Yeah. So I think he's he's we talked about it a ton, you know, kind of the 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 goals they have in the future they're looking towards and and even right now the the hunt they're on. So mm-hmm. I think he's he's really excited and um happy to be where he is. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think he's he's in a good spot, and that Sabres group will be fun to watch over the next few years. Well, uh, Dakota, thank you so much for uh, taking your time out of this morning for your, to chat with us, and uh, all the best uh, luck tonight and the rest of the way. Bring us home a national title, eh? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right, there you go. Thank you very much. That's Dakota Krebs. Uh, Calgary Dinos defenseman also t- uh, spent some time with the uh, Calgary Hitman as well, uh, talking about his uh, brother Peyton. Uh, with the Buffalo Sabres, Drew Krebs as well, uh, fighting the Hitmen and the Tigers are fighting for a playoff spot. And uh, I don't know, <laughs> Swift Current, man, you got to beat it. But that's a big one for the Hitmen uh, this weekend, uh, taking on uh, Speedy Creek. Uh, we gotta, we'll play this a little bit. Uh, hasn't been much trades, hasn't been anything. Uh, so we're going to play the little snippet from uh, Jeff Merrick uh, from earlier on today. Jeff, good morning. Thanks for this. I know you're super busy. Oh, that's okay. Good to hear your voice again, George. What's going on? No, good to hear you too as well, Jeff. Um, okay, so what what's the what's going on on your phone right aside from talking oh. to us, Jeff? What is going on on your phone right now? 
uh, a whole lot of speculation, a whole lot of we'll see, a whole lot of, well, if something comes out of the blue, maybe we do something, a whole lot of, nah, I think we're done, but we're going to keep our phone lines open. So it's, uh, how would you say it, a chumming of the waters for the day that's, uh, that's going to come. You're like, I, I think this is going to be, like, let, let's face it, the story of this year's trade deadline has been all the big names are gone, right? Like, this yeah. is the trade deadline. And again, we'll, we'll get to the Calgary question here in a second, I'm sure. But right now, all the players that we thought were going to get dealt have already been dealt. And it's kind of turned, you know, it's kind of evolved away from this being about one day into this being about a week where teams don't want to wait and gamble on do we get them or do we not uh, up until the last minute. And it's turned into make your deals early, get your players in, get your salary cap straight and move forward. So I think that on a day like this, and again, like Elliot always says, and he's right, it can always change with one phone call. I think for a lot of teams that are shopping for players that have term, it sounds and feels like they might be done today, but teams that are looking to tweak and fill out the roster with rental players, this is still very much their day. How's that? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it's great. Jeff, I know that I know I've had, uh, and a lot of fans have had the complaints hey, there's not enough movement in the NHL. GMs complain how it's so hard to make trades during the salary cap. But man, this last week or so has been a lot of fun. Is that what it's going to be like <laughs> moving forward? Is that what we're going to see? Like, you no, can't do too many I... trades in like December, yeah. but man, come February, March, boom, you're going to get your trades. Uh, it's a great question, and I know why you would ask it. I just think that when the salary cap starts to go up, um, you're going to see more trades. Like, I think this is, in a lot of ways, the byproduct of a flat cap and a flat cap for a few years here. And, you know, the system's clogged. And I'm not sure if the NHL and Players Association are going to do something this summer. I mean, there's a new executive director with the PA, Marty Walsh. This would be an interesting first contact with the commissioner, Gary Bettman, trying to you know, reopen the CBA or have a discussion about doing something artificial with the salary cap to allow more teams to maneuver within it. But I do wonder if this is the summer that, you know, everyone looks at this and says it's beneficial for the game right now uh, to have some type of momentum, build buzz, build excitement and do something where the salary cap, we all know it's going to go up eventually, maybe hasten that along. But I, I do think that once, we start to see more significant gains for the salary cap and we expect it to go up maybe not this year, but next year, 3 million, 4 million after, et cetera. You're going to start to see more movement, uh, more maneuverability for general managers. I, I do think this is temporary and I'll, I'll add you one more. You know, I had, I had one manager send me a note. I was it two days ago who said, this is Gary Bettman's salary cap dream. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, look at all the teams taking money from one another here. We're still getting movement and everybody is sharing the money. So I thought that was, that was kind of a, a moment of, a moment of laughter and a moment of, 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 of levity here in this uh, chaotic uh, trade deadline week. So Jeff, before we get into some of the other rumors, are you hearing anything that could be tied to the Calgary Flames? Boy, last night was a tough one, right? Um, the the Boston game was tough because that's a game that, just to be blunt, like, well, you guys saw Like, Calgary won that game. Mm-hmm. The problem was, you know, Linus Allmark had different plans. But from stem to stern, from opening face-off to, 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 to closing horn, you know, the Calgary Flames were the better team. The problem is, as we've, you know, Elaine Vigneault used to always say, hockey is simple. 
if my goaltender is better than your goaltender, I win. But if your goaltender is better than my goaltender, you win. And we saw that play out with the Calgary Flames and the Boston Bruins. Uh, they got goalied, but that's a tough loss. Last night against the Maple Leafs, go up early, Blake Coleman shorthanded, here we go. And it's 2-1 to one by the end of it. It's another disappointment for the Calgary Flames. Haven't been able to string together, you know, back-to-back wins or three wins in a row for a, for a while now. I, I think that... <sighs> How should I say this? I, I think the Calgary Flames are kind of in a state of shock. This isn't the way things were supposed to go. We all know what happened last year with Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, et cetera, and the big trade and bringing in Nazem Kadri. Um, but I, I think that the Flames organization are stunned that they're at this position right now, having to be asked questions like this and being forced into making decisions. You know, I think it's going to come down to whether the Flames organization thinks but this is just a one-off bad year and they can come back with something similar to this year's team um, and, and compete again. Um, or do they say, look, we've got players who only have after this season, one more year left on term. Maybe now is the time we make a decision on them, whether it's, you know, whether it's Backlund, um, whether it's Lindholm, whether it's someone like Noah Hannafin. Um, I, I was under the impression over the past few days, just knowing how Carolina values the style of player that Calgary has, whether it's Backlund, well, Lindholm used to be there and they loved them, uh, or Hannafin. I wondered if Carolina could be a destination for, for at least one of these players, uh, but I'm not so sure that, that Carolina is still in the, uh, in the business of making moves. They might be done. Um, but I think that, like, I think this has been a real tough week for Bradshaw Living. I really do. I think this has been a tough week for the Calgary Flames on the ice. I think it's been a, a torturous week or maybe torturous couple of weeks for Brad for a living. And I don't think that at the beginning of the season, you know, he was looking this close to trade deadline and saying, I may have some tough decisions to make. It wasn't supposed to be this way this season for the Calgary Flames. Jeff, how tempting are those prices out there if Calgary and Brad for a living wanting to get into, say, a Tyler Toffoli deal? A guy who scored yeah. 25 goals, really good cap number next season. I'm sure with even like the Tanner Janot deal, like I'm sure uh, the Philip Heronic deal, like we're seeing all these like big time prices paid. What would a guy like Tyler Toffoli fetch? And with how the market's going right now, would that be maybe something too much not to pass up if you're the Calgary Flames because of just the sheer yeah. value out there? I think you're looking at high picks, certainly. Um, but, but again, I, I think, George, that it comes down to that decision and that perspective on the team. Like, do the Calgary Flames really believe that this team is as bad as they've performed this season? Or do they say, you know, maybe we look elsewhere in the organization, maybe with a couple of, uh, of tweaks, maybe with some support for Jonathan Huberto. I mean, he's gone from having burners all around him uh, to not, and it's really affected his game. You know, I, I think this is, this, is, this is real hard because can you fetch a lot for Tyler DeFoley? Absolutely. Same for Backlund, same for Lindholm, same for Hannafin, same for – you can get a lot. You can get a lot of draft capital, a lot of prospect capital, but I just don't know how Brad Living feels about his team. Is this just one bad season? Because we've seen that before from teams. And, like, we look at some – you know, Tampa after that uh, Columbus Blue Jackets series, right, where they say there's all those rumors in Vancouver, the draft. I mean, the, the wild one going around is that, you know, Tampa was going to trade Kucherov to Edmonton for Leon Dreisaitl. 
Like that was a very legitimate wow. trade discussion that was happening at that draft. That's also the beginning of the Lucic for Neil deal. So I, I, I always come shy of saying that Brad True Living is going to do this because playoffs are becoming fleeting and it looks like the Western Conference is kind of set. It's like the East last year and we're just going to talk about seeding. Um, I, I wonder if the Flames just look at this and say, you know what, we're not this bad. We're a better team than this. Let's try to run this thing back one more year. Jeff, what have you made of the Red Wings of late as they've moved out uh, quite a bit of salary? $7 million-ish for next year, about $9 million this year as yeah. well. Uh, do you think they could be a sleeper for something big today or more posturing for the offseason? Uh, I think it's. I think anything Steve Eisenman does is offseason. I, I can mm-hmm. see, like to, to be honest with you, I can see Steve Eisenman playing banker uh, for mm. some of these deals as well, but he's very much sticking to his plan. You know, there was that brief, you know, that brief few days where he took Tyler Bertuzzi off the market. Well, I mean, f- first of all, the the Ronick deal is a really nice one for that that team. I think we're all sort of stunned, but maybe we shouldn't be considering it Steve Eisenman, who, you know, kind of one person say like, you know, Eisenman just robbed the bank and didn't have to wear a mask. Like that thing just kind of fell in his lap. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the and the Bertuzzi deal is is a, is a nice one too. Um, I think that as much as we think that, well, first of all, Chris Illich isn't Mike Illich. I think if Mike Illich were still around, we'd probably see the Detroit Red Wings going for it right now. It seems to be that patience is still key here as they wait for, you know, the Edmondsons uh, to start to to develop and and take a prominent spot in that lineup. Uh, I don't know uh, that the Detroit Red Wings will, will, uh, you know, will, will deliver a blockbuster at all, I think that Eiserman has his plan, has his focus, and the one thing that we do know about Eiserman is he does not deviate. And as much as you know, he got the gentle nod or the gentle nudge last year from ownership in the summer to bring in more legitimate players and move this thing along. I don't think that Steve Eiserman is going to get dragged into doing something that he doesn't want to do. He's taken the long view of this, and he's still going to be patient. Uh, Jeff, I know you got to run, but really, really quickly here. Yep. Do you expect the Oilers to do something on their blue line again today? I don't. I think the Oilers are done. Like, I think it's going to be a situation where, you know, unless something completely comes out of the blue for Edmonton, uh, they're done. Like, I, I think, you know, what, what we saw over the last few days, like, that's it for Edmonton. They're, they're taking their cap right to the dollar, and, and again, like, Elliot always says it, and it's true. Everything changes on one phone call, but as it stands right now, unless something falls in Edmonton's lap, I am very confident in telling you here on your show they are done. Okay, uh, I love it. Jeff Merrick, host of the Jeff Merrick Show and co-host of 32 Thoughts. Jeff, thanks for this. Enjoy that super long day. We'll be watching. <laughs> uh, you'll see the top of my head and my thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks Plug for this. in the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see you, boys. Have a good one. There you go. It's Jeff Merrick from earlier on today. Uh, he's on the Sportsnet panel with Elliot Friedman right now, uh, breaking stories. We did have a trade break during that interview. Uh, not a big one. Uh, Curtis Lazar uh, being sent from the Vancouver Canucks out to the New Jersey Devils for a fourth rounder in 2024. So the Canucks shipping off some more money and the Devils getting some good depth in Curtis Lazar. Derek Wills is here in studio. Uh, we'll uh, reset things and uh, we'll see what happens here coming up in the next uh, two hours. As uh, Sportsnet Today's trade deadline show continues here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.